If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. It is our number two of Radiolawtalk.com. Radio Law Talk on your radio, or if, well, actually, I would say those listening to us online or listening to us on the podcast when we eventually publish this, which is usually by Tuesday or Wednesday of the week following the time we do the show. This is our number two. And folks, if you're not getting all three hours of Radio Law Talk, make sure that you go over to Radiolawtalk.com. And pick up the hours that you're not getting. You can pick up the podcast or you can catch us live. If you only get one hour or two hours, you can catch the remainder of the show. We're a three-hour show, 9 to noon uh, Pacific Standard Time. And you can go ahead and pick that up. So uh, last hour we had some interesting... Cal stumped us on a case or no case. Not us. Well, stump me. Well, I say us because I have, I have a split personality. So um, you know, I'm upset, and I'm upset too. So yeah, Cal stumped us, stumped me, did not stump Denise. By the way, Denise, welcome back again. She's been gone for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, judging from the tan, she says she had places to go. It but, was a COVID scare. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it, COVID. No, COVID it wasn't is a uh, COVID is code for. I went to a place that was sunny. That's what I'm going to <laughs> well, say. Well, you know, I had COVID in my house. Did you really? My adult son, who stays with us with his grandchildren for the summertime, had the COVID. Had it for 15 days. Wow. We locked him in his room and said, don't come out. Set food on the floor. I mean, the guy, poor guy was like he was in prison. It was it was not fun. And, and, and yes, I got tested. Yes, I'm fine. But it's a fright. When you're my age... You know, having someone around you with the COVID is a frightening thing because I'm an old guy and I'm I'm in that vulnerable population that usually, you know. But uh, it was scary. So I hope if when you're wherever you're listening, I hope you're COVID free and that you're safe and that everything's all right with you. You said it was like prison, and the first thing I think is, oh my gosh, the Cal Hunter redemption. You know, <laughs> I'd like to think that. 
When we first put him in here, that was the first time I met Andy. First time I met him. (laughs) I lost money because he did not cry that. And he didn't do my taxes. Yes, (laughs) he didn't. The sisters got a hold of him as we were trying to give him his top ramen. (laughs) Okay, that's enough for my uh, very bad Morgan Freeman. But that's what it was like for him. It was. He said. He said. I woke up one day, day three, day four. I woke up and said, "Oh, I'm feeling pretty good today." Sat up. Next thing he knew. Three hours later, he woke up. I mean, it was very physically challenging on him to have this COVID. It is not something you want to mess around with. So just make sure you wear your mask and you wash your hands and you do all that stuff. Did everybody in your household have to test? Yes, they did. His three children, who stay with us also for the summertime, they're fine. My wife did not get tested. She looked at me and said, wimp. What are you getting? No, she she just, she, I don't think she ever felt, uh, you know, the need to do that. But she's certainly well and Happy and well, the issue I've got, Good. the issue that I have with the test is, I mean, like I went to go get tested, and there I am sitting there and look at this piece of paper. A train leaves New York, traveling at 55 miles an hour, right. headed west. It's Another train in the afternoon. It's like, well, hold on a second. What's it got to do with co- Oh, wrong test. My bad. Well, the thing I had about it was I'm sticking a big old fat Q-tip up your snotter, <laughs> up your beak. Pardon me. Yeah, that, that's not that's not that fun. That that yeah. I, I I had that one done. They were offering free tests in my uh, neck of the woods. So I, well, all right, I'll go over it and check it out. And how long did it take you? Uh, well, to get the test or to get the results? To get the test first. Uh, yeah, the test. Uh, is short see, I, I applied and I was in getting the test a week later. Yeah. And so I, I, I got the test the following week, and they said we'll get your results in four to six days. Two weeks later, yeah. I get a notice from them saying we lost your specimen. See, the thing with my son, it took uh-huh. them two weeks to tell him he was positive. Two weeks. Yeah. They, so they tell me yeah. we we lost your specimen. Oh man. We would like you to get retested. We will expedite it. Pick a date. So I said, all right, we'll do this three days later. The day before that test, I get an email. Found your specimen. You're negative. <laughs> well, and I'm going. Okay, yeah, I was negative three weeks ago. Yeah, I like it when the doctor says, or the, or the the technician says, this is going to be a little uncomfortable. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you know, that's the interesting. The football, the football players, and these basketball players doing, it, and even the baseball players, they're like getting tested every day. Every yeah. day they show up, and you got to have that that Man. little uh, oh, Q-tip right. thing that's, up there. It's yeah. not comfortable. The, not. The, look, so there's two types of tests out there. One is to test whether or not at any given time, at that time, you are positive for COVID-19. The other test that is, and they really ought to be doing them in conjunction, but the other they test that, that I think that is a more important test is whether or not you test positive for the antibody. I agree. Yeah. Because if you test positive for the antibody, it means at one time you were exposed to it and your body produced an antibody to fight it off. I have a nephew who's living in a uh, state that you have to fly to, and a lot of hula dancers there. And so he, the Philippines? No, <laughs> no a, a U.S. No, state. Oh, wait a minute, Puerto Rico, sir. Tonga. <laughs> <laughs> a, a recognized U.S. state, oh, oh, one so of the 50. Oregon, There's a star Oregon. on our flag for it. <laughs> Oregon, yeah, got it, okay. <laughs> and uh, he was telling me that... Uh, his buddies, they donate blood like every couple of weeks, those that have tested positive for the antibody, because they donate blood because they want this. They, they're harvesting the antibody to help do things. They're making a little bit of scratch doing that. You know, my mom just had her tickets to Hawaii canceled. The really? air, airline canceled her flights. Wow. Yep. My, my, uh, my kids and their mother and stepdad went to Hawaii. It was a Christmas present 
They got they opened up Christmas Day. We will go to Hawaii in March. And they left March 6th for a week-long vacation to Hawaii and got back right about the same time. It was like the next day they got back and all of the flights in and out of Hawaii were coming to a halt. And my daughter's texting me saying, when she was still there, we're hoping that they put that into place a little <laughs> early. <laughs> so we have to stay. Because she'd met a boy. Oh, <laughs> no. And it didn't go anywhere, but, but you know, she, she wanted to stay on the... Well, uh, neither did she, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cal, can you get us set up for another case or no I case? I think I can. Let's see if we All can right. squeeze this out here. Now right, it's here time to play Case or No Case. Yay! Hermione was a school teacher and a good one, she thought. Her kids in class seemed to respond to her well, but her principal, who came in after Hermione was hired, seemed to have a thing about her. Didn't like her very much. He gave her three evaluations, and they were all bad for the same thing. He didn't tell them what they were. He just said he was marking her down in a specific category of, of offenses. And after the third bad write-up, she was fired. And then she got to see the evaluation, and it said, well, she said, this write-up is clearly not a fireable offense. So she sought counsel. The principle that the issue, the issue the principal actually wrote down is this. This teacher does not maintain eye contact with the students while writing on the chalkboard. And for that, she was fired. Hermione went to her union and the union's counsel seeking advice regarding possible reinstatement. And I ask you, Denise Dirks, you get to go first this time. Case or no case, what say you? <laughs> Wow, um, that's kind of a crazy reason for firing. It's certainly no cause for firing. Well, you would think not, but what do we know? What, what state was this? In uh, Hawaii, yes, Hawaii. Yeah. It was Ho- yeah, yeah, Hermione yeah. from Hawaii? Well, Hermione from Hawaii, yeah, <laughs> Hawaii, Hermione. Well, I think the thing was, I think it was a military school, and I think this was a, a military evaluator who came in and did this. Oh, I got it, okay. So, yeah, yeah. But the principal was the evaluator. Yeah, but he's a military guy. You know, okay. it was set up for service people's kids. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm going to say that this is a case okay. and that Hermione wins. Okay. And uh, Todd, what say you? We'll, we'll tell people the truth when we come back. Given that we have the music playing, I am going to wait until we come back because I only have... You know, less than 30 seconds to give an answer. Oh, come on. So I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to. I thought Denise was going to do this, but, you know, apparently two weeks on away and, and her strategy is all gone. I, I'm a little bit out of my element right yeah. now. So uh, a fish out of water. So we'll, we'll head to break. What do you think? If you think you know the answer, go ahead and tweet it at, uh, at Radio Law Talk on Twitter. And if you can, in the next 30 sec- uh, three minutes, we'll see what it is. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y-Lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I'm going to Quick Quack Car Wash. Get my car washed, make it quick, quack, pretty, shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds at the Quick Quack Car Wash. It's the Quick Quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes, sitting right in your car. Watch 100 feet of cloth, washing your car at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, Quick Quack will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Get on the web and go to DontDriveDirty.com and see where you got your closest Quick Quack in the local area. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Get on the road. Come visit the duck at the Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. I'm a veteran. We hit a mine in Vietnam. When I came home, I didn't know where to turn. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. My victory's been never giving up hope. My wife is always there to remind me we have a life to live. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran, but after I got out, I spent two years alone and homeless. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was finding the support to get back on my feet. Now I'm getting things right with my family. I finally admitted with my PTSD, I wasn't doing well. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Now I wish I'd found DAV sooner. I am a veteran. My victory is just enjoying each day. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I like the Amargosa Valley. Go to the website, radiolawtalk.com. You can listen to the show there, and there's a lot of other good information, too. That's radiolawtalk.com. So we have the case of the teacher who was terminated, was not shown prior to her termination what the same 
demerit on her evaluations was on three separate occasions. And after she is let go, she is able to read what it was she was marked down for. And it was failure to maintain eye contact with the students while she writes on the chalkboard. Correct. Yes. She should be... If it were her, if I were her, I'd be fine. Well, if that's the basis, then I'm going to file a disability claim, a discrimination based <laughs> upon a disability, because clearly you believe that I should have eyes in the back of my head, and I was born without eyes in the back of my head, so I'm unable to maintain eye contact while writing on the chalkboard. So you're admitting you're physically unequipped to do the job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, am, I am saying that you are not providing a reasonable accommodation. Give me a chalkboard made out of a mirror. Okay. And then I. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, case or no case? So, I am going to say that this is a case, and the plaintiff wins. I, I, I just. Oh, he joined me. He's doing strategy. No, I just can't. Im- well, I, look, I would love to disagree, <laughs> but I'm not going to give away points because this makes no sense. Um, it's it's either plaintiff wins or it's no case at all. And you've already done a no case today, so I have to go with case and plaintiff wins. Oh, you know how I do my case or no case? I put down a red and a white and a bla- uh, two black cards and a red card, and I pull up to see whether it's going to be case or no case. You know, I try to just pull out. Yeah, but here's the thing: time, red is black, red and black, red and black. Case see, no case. See, I've yeah. got that. I've got that Scantron mentality. You know, when we were when I was a kid and taking these tests, and you and you're like, you know, they give you that they give you that sheet. It's a hundred questions, multiple choice, and you start filling them in, and you look back. Oh boy, I've answered C like the last five times. What got, are the odds of that? I, I, I got to do something else. <laughs> well, I have an interesting story about that, but that's well, for another. For those time. of you who say this was a case, uh, okay, well, here's the deal: this <laughs> actually lost. happened in a military fort, but not in a grade school. It happened in a military fort, and it was just as a joke in the Reader's Digest. <laughs> he wasn't fired. It was just a joke in the Reader's Digest. And I thought, well, I could adapt that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your case or no case. No points for you. No points for either of you on this one. When I was a, when I was a kid, I was in the fourth grade. And, you know, they take those uh, aptitude tests. You have, like, two days of school testing where it's all these aptitude tests they make you take. And after I took the test, I get called to the principal's office. And I think my mom was there. And oh, we, we get called no. in oh, because uh, because they were um, very concerned about my low IQ. <laughs> and they you said, said, does guessing make me stupid? And, and they, said, uh, they said, well, you know, we, we have your Scantron form here. We're looking at all this, and we've got a problem because you scored very low. You missed, like, every question. We You're just kind of want to know what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, uh, yeah, well, is that the Scantron? Yeah. See, if you take it and you turn it sideways, I made the outline of a dragon in a... <laughs> And you looked at it like, oh, brother, <laughs> they made me take the test again. And I actually ended up testing into the gifted program, which they didn't have a program for. So whatever. Well, next hour, by the way, I'm going to have you a case or no case about Japanese underwear. Ooh. Oh, that's going to be fun. Coming up uh-huh. on Radio Law Talk in hour number three. By the way, we are streaming now effectively at RadioLawTalk.com. Okay, so we are now streaming. Great. That's what they tell me. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, now i got to shift gears here. Let's see. We were going to – we talked a lot about copyright cases in the past. One of the copyright cases that we followed, and this 
may or may not have to do with my musical interests growing up and still to this day was the Led Zeppelin lawsuit. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Led Zeppelin lawsuit had to do with the song Stairway to Heaven, and they were being sued by the administrator of the estate for a guy named Randy Wolf, I think that was his, whose band Spirit had written a song called Taurus. Now, that was released back in the mid-60s, prior to this song, which is the well-known song Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin that was released in 1972 off of what is commonly called their Zoso album. It's the fourth album by Led Zeppelin. And so the executor of the estate for Mr. Wolf, because he had passed on, believed that the Led Zeppelin song Stairway to Heaven infringed on this song. Only because it did. Yes. I mean, (laughs) musically, this is a complete no-brainer to me. A complete no-brainer. What you're listening to is the song called Taurus. Correct. Written by the band Spirit. Yep. Right. The introduction to that song. That yeah, that that, is the introduction. That's a key point. That is a very important point. Now, just as a background, okay, prior to I think it was 1974, 75, maybe 76. Now that that is Stairway to Heaven. Yep. Okay. Prior to 19, I think it's 1976, the copyright laws in the United States required that the artist actually file the sheet music of the song they were seeking to have copyright protection for. That had to be filed. In 1976, the law changed where they could just go ahead and file the recording itself. Okay? So when Spirit, or when the executor of the estate for Randy Wolf goes to sue Led Zeppelin for copyright infringement occurring in 1972... Guess which version of the law applied? 1972. That's right, which means whatever was filed with the copyright office, the sheet music, if you can prove that the song is the same as what was filed in the sheet music, then you have infringement. Okay, that's the way it works. Right, that that law stems from 1909. That's right. So it was a very old law, and it was based on the technology of music at the the time. time. Correct. So I'll leave you with this teaser. When Spirit filed the copyright for Taurus, the sheet music did not include the iconic intro that we heard from both songs. It had the body of the song, not that. And when we come back, we'll talk about the effect of that on the suit and where it stands now. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station. Thanks, Todd. We'll continue with the show after this. Don't go away. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. 
Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108. That's 800-814-5108. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and... Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. So we we went into the break talking about Stairway to Heaven and the lawsuit that was filed by the estate of Randy Wolf claiming that Stairway to Heaven infringed uh, was taken from, infringed on the copyright protections of a song that had been written uh, probably six, seven years earlier called Taurus. And you can't blame Randy Wolf. That hit was so big that, I mean, bigger than anything Spirit ever had. They had one hit called I Got a Line on You, Babe, that was nothing by comparison. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of money floating around when you get a hit like this. Mil- I, millions. I, I, I get that. However, however, if they had a copyright claim... Randy Wolf would have had this copyright claim and would have said, hold on a second here. Oh, back in 1972 when Stairway to Heaven was released, it was an iconic song. It was played everywhere. I find it hard to believe that Randy Wolf never went, you know what, that sounds a lot like my song, and I think I have a case. But I think I can tell you why that may not happen. Before he passed, I got a chance to interview the great country star Merle Haggard a few times, and he said, you know, Cal, I rarely listen to the radio for fear that if I write a song, someone else might say, you know, Merle, you stole that from me, like a hit song, and they will accuse a guy who writes a lot of music. They don't listen to the radio or consume that much popular music. Many don't, for fear of this very thing, putting a link between popular music and songs they're writing. He said, I want myself to be... From my body, from my soul, from my head, not from from some pop bubblegum song I heard on the radio. And I thought that was pretty insightful. So we'll see. Right? Yeah, I, I mean. Well, the whole question isn't it um, not just the underlying case itself, but this is a gone up through the court of appeals. It, it is. When we went when we went to uh, when we went to break, I was talking about what the effect of not filing 
uh, the sheet music that was filed didn't include the iconic intro and what effect that had on the case. Because at trial, at trial, the plaintiff lost. Okay, Randy Wolf lost. Now, here was the issue. Uh, Wolf's or Randy Wolf's estate, they wanted the jury to hear the songs. Listen to Taurus, listen to Spirit. Look, we just played them earlier last hour, and if you hear them, my gosh, they sound a lot alike. Virtually indistinguishable, even in the same key. Yes. Here's the problem. The part that sounds the most alike is the part for which there is no copyright protection. And that's the intro, because there was no sheet music filed for it. That's just wrong, man. And so there was there was no sheet music <laughs> filed for that part. And so the other thing that the judge ruled was, well, wait a second here. The copyright protection is based upon the sheet music. It's not the recording. If we play the recording as recorded uh, the masters are, right. you know, if we play that for the jury... The jury may listen to the similarity and find that there is a copyright violation in a, under circumstances where there shouldn't be because they'll be basing it upon the part that was not copyright protected. So right. to get the music before the jury, they had to have professional musicians come in and play from the sheet music, right? Like they're sitting down at a piano playing from that. Ultimately, the jury found that there was no copyright infringement. There was no violation. Neither side was happy with the way things happened. They appealed. The uh, appellate panel said, you know, we, we disagree. It ended up going up to the full appellate panel for the Ninth Circuit who said, still no copyright infringement. Mm. And that's where it, we find ourselves today. And there was today. a lot of interest in this. We yeah. were talking about a lot of different uh, entities filed amicus briefs. That's right. And even the State Department, I mean, even the Justice Department got involved in this lawsuit through an amicus brief. And I think the reason behind that is both Jimmy Page and Robert Plant testified at the trial, and I think a bunch of people said, hey, you know, if we file here, if we have this, we might be able to meet Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so now the plan Plaintiffs, as a last resort, yes. have asked for certiorari. That means they have asked the United States Supreme Court to hear the case. That's right. And so that's the status right now. We're just like sitting on pins and needles. Will SCOTUS hear Stairway to Heaven? Uh, you know? Ruth Bader Ginsburg going, <laughs> I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's what's interesting about that. I, I keep listening to what Todd's saying and what you guys are telling us about this, and I'm thinking to myself, could that very well be where the term intellectual property may have been coined, where people said, listen, you may not have been able to write it out on the piece of sheet music, but it came from your brain into the public domain. Wouldn't that make it some kind of intellectual property? I'm just wondering about that. It, it, it might. Uh, I think that they got a, a few problems with in the music industry in particular with doing that. And, and, I, and I'll tell you why. First... Let's take any blues song that was written. So oh, if so, yeah. if you listen, if you listen to Chuck Berry, um, what's the song that was played on uh, Back to the Future? Well, you got Johnny B. Good. Johnny and B. Got, Good, and if you listen to that song, and the Beach Boys, I Get Around. It's and, yeah, it's right, identical, right, even right. down to the intro. Right, right. And part of the problem is it's very common for blues players, and in country music, it's the same thing. Okay, give me, let's do this, and they'll call it a certain riff, and we'll start it in the key of B. All and, right, and give me a New York ending, right? And, exactly. and they do yeah. this, and mm-hmm. everybody knows what that means. Well, how do you copyright that? If it's a if it's a standard, you know, twelve bar blues or whatever, it's the same. The thing that makes it unique is the lyrics, right? It's different, so it'd yeah. be hard to copyright that. But the problem that some folks are saying about this lawsuit, 
and the and the request to have the United States Supreme Court hear this is that the plaintiff is now raising issues that the, he did not raise at the trial level oh. or appeal. Mm. And and here's one fundamental rule for appellate work and for cases going up on appeal. You can't raise new issues on appeal. If you didn't litigate it and raise it at the trial court level, you can't bring it up new, for the most part, on appeal. Oh. And they didn't raise some of these issues. So. I mean, I can see where as a matter of basic fundamental fairness, they'd say, come on, everybody's gotten this wrong. Just listen to this. I can see where they'd keep trying to shoot a shot until they get nothing out of it well, because it's a big deal. And, I mean, yeah. and that raises an interesting point that Denise brought. So now the way the law is, is if you file the recording, look, if the recording sounds the same, you get copyright protection. So what did a bunch of artists do that had filed for copyright protection before the change of the law, when you had to file the sheet music? What did they do once the law had changed? They wrote the song, recorded the song, put it in an envelope, a sealed envelope, and mailed it to themselves to establish the date. So if a court case ever came up, they could take that sealed envelope in and say, here's my recording of that song. You may listen to it unaltered. That's that's the, uh, what's it, the poor, the man's, poor man's copyright? copyright. Right, right, here's, right. What here's what represented artists did. They went and took the master recordings of every song that they had recorded up to 1976 for which their copyright protection was based upon sheet music, right. and they filed for new copyright protection, this time filing the master recordings. Smart. If it's changed, this is what we want. And they got an extension out of the copyright that way. Yeah. Yes. So uh, so that's that's how things changed for copyright wow. law. Wow, cool. And, and uh, that's good lawyering, folks. I, I agree completely, yeah. Yeah, here's what Very. the law said. We didn't write it. We're just following it. Yeah, right? yeah. Hey, I, I just, I just like listening to music. But let's stick around with, let's stick around with copyrights. Okay. okay, I think that's a good idea. There's another very interesting uh, copyright suit that um, was just dismissed by a federal judge, and it involved uh, Genius Media. And also, they had accused Google of stealing the song lyrics um, of their own songs because Google, as you know, prints out the lyrics to songs yeah. and you can look it up um, on Google and say you can type in a word saying stairway to heaven and it's going to bring up all the lyrics it's pretty interesting and pretty fun so this was filed last December and uh, genius was actually seeking 50 million dollars in dam damages and this is an a very interesting judge here why don't you tell us a little bit about the judge well uh I don't know where you're going with the judge. Well, because I think the judge found in favor of the defense, but also in favor of the plaintiff. It kind of to to, to it's a funny. to a certain extent. So the Google search engine, when you I just typed in while Denise was talking that "Stairway to Heaven" lyrics, and the first thing that pops up are the "Stairway to Heaven" lyrics. It's done by Google, but Lyric Find, uh, a company Lyric Find, actually provides the technology to Google. Mm to give me the Stairway to Heaven lyrics. This lawsuit by Genius uh, was claiming essentially that Lyric Find would go to the Genius website and scrub, meaning would take the lyrics that Genius Find had uploaded for popular songs, take that, and they would put it into the Google search. And they said, oh my gosh, you're infringing upon our work. You're stealing our work. Yes. Yeah, and the our lyrics, because they're not our lyrics. right? And that's what the judge said. The judge says, well, wait a minute. 
you have derivative work. Yeah. You didn't write these lyrics. Right. How is it that you can ask for copyright protection over lyrics that you didn't write? And when we come back, we'll follow up on what the judge said because it was very interested and pointed out something that maybe genius hadn't thought of. And maybe they weren't ingenious. And that's good judging. <laughs> yes, that's good judging. <laughs> Stay right there. We have more good radio law talking coming up right here on your favorite radio station and, of course, streaming live at radiolawtalk.com. Stay tuned. Denise and Todd will be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. Today, we decided to walk to school. At the corner, we waited to cross the street. The stoplight counted down. 15, 14. 31? I mean, 13? We took a left on Carroll Garden Street. Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds. I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, earth to Danny. Suddenly, he realized he forgot his homework again. At the school steps, we hug goodbye. I really hope he doesn't have another bad day at school today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. 
Peekaboo. Peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host... Where's Fred? Oh, that's stone. Are, Are you serious? It's time for more Radio Law Talk with Denise Dirks, Todd Kunin, and your host, Frederick Penny. Frederick Penny. Frederick Penny, who is absent today, out on assignment, but he'll be back probably next week, would imagine. We went to the break. We were talking about this case brought by a company called Genius. They, they were suing Google because Google, if you type in the name of a song and then you type in lyrics, the first hit is Google telling you what the lyrics are to that song. And I thought it was and, – and Genius is saying, you got that from our website, from the technology that we had. And so they tried to sue Google for copyright infringement. Now, the interesting thing here is the method by which Genius – was able to claim that nearly 40 to 45% of the lyrics that you see that are Google results, as if Google's giving to you, were actually taken from the Genius website through the uh, other firm Lyric Find. And the way they were able to do that is because they had included, in my opinion, an ingenious watermark technique in their lyrics. This is what they did. They would alter the lyric, not the words, but they would alter the font of the apostrophes used in the lyric. So they were alternating. They had two different types of fonts. Well, the thing is, is if you decode the two different types of fonts, it's actually Morse code, and it spells out red-handed. So they were able to look at the lyrics that Google was popping up there, and if they saw that Morse code in apostrophes, they knew that it came from their website because they were the only ones that were using that code. And they also knew nobody has any more money than Google or perhaps Microsoft. I mean, perhaps Apple. That's it. Sure. They said, well, look, we caught them red-handed. Now let's see if they can give us some green. And Google said, Mm. you know what? We're not going to roll over on that one. No, I don't. what I think is going to happen is is I think that uh, Lyric Find may go out of business because what the court found is that Lyric Find was not paying for the lyrics themselves, and they were not the owners of the original uh, writers of the of the lyrics. Thus, they were getting royalties or whatever you want to call it, some kind of a fee. For, by putting this over to Google, and Google was paying them. So Google thought it had rights to actually post these lyrics. Oh, I see. Lyric had misproperly taken so the So Denise writes a lyrics. song, I take the lyrics, I post them, I get a royalty for posting them, and you don't. 
Exactly. Yeah, and and, and not only was the, the lyrics and Google both wrong in this regard as to their original artists that wrote the songs, but so was Genius. Wow. Genius had also did not have rights to the original um, Who brought that up? Did Google uh, bring that up? So, so the the judge, the the, the judge, judge brought it up. So, so what 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 Google? What lyric, is he a litigator? Is he why is he? Well, I mean, I the, lyric, lyric find pointed out. Lyric find was the one that pointed out that look, Genius can't sue for copyright infringement because Genius doesn't own the copyright to this stuff. It's a derivative work. The copyright is the songwriter. Okay, and and so what the judge pointed out to. Genius was, uh, you know, you're claiming that Google and LyricFind have infringed on your copyrights, but where is the approval that you received to publish the lyrics on your website from the original songwriters? They said, at a minimum, Google was trying to pay people, but you haven't offered to pay anybody anything. And so Genius is looking at that like, uh, oops. Oh, shit. I mean, I think there's going to be another lawsuit by the original artists. Well, I don't know. we got to see well, this. And, and, you know, this is why last week we talked about. Maybe Google just buy them. They, they, yeah, they could. This is, it'll be an opportunity moment. The company will be worthless. But, but, <laughs> buy but, for nothing. But the, right. the problem is Google's already got LyricFind that, that does the same thing, right? But uh, last week we were talking, and I think the week before, we talked about uh, ASCAP and BMI. And essentially both of those entities collectively allow for what do we call it one one stop shopping of rights to use music rather than if i want to if i want to put on a production and i want to use music rather than trying to go out and track down the individual artist to get their permission most artists have just sort of ceded that authority and control to grant it to two entities, ASCAP or BMI, to say, look, you can go ahead and authorize this on our behalf, and if you pay the fee to ASCAP, and that gets to the artist somehow, and everything's fine, right? It's a, it's a central hub. Everybody has to report to them, and then they pay a fee based on the reporting. That's what happens. Exactly. Right? And so, but that's for the actual melody with the lyrics. I don't know that ASCAP and BMI have a lyric only division. And uh, well it's it's for three things, Todd. It's for the for the lyric, for the melody, and for the performance. So if I pay a radio station, I want a Beatles song, you're right, I'm paying for the composition and I'm also paying for the Beatles performance of that particular song. So it's a three pronged fee that you're paying for all three elements so when someone buys a music catalog like michael jackson music catalog and they say we want to use a michael jackson song michael jackson people may say okay you can use the song but you can't use his performance that's why in a lot of commercials you'll hear knockoff versions of of what were popular songs because they did mm -hmm. not license the actual performance they just licensed the lyrics and the melody and and so my question here with this is if there's just a search engine that wants to find out what the lyrics were right I just want to know what the lyrics are. Is just for finding the lyrics, is that something that BMI and ASCAP would be involved in? Or should there really be a, a, another entity? And it, and it certainly isn't genius, and it certainly isn't lyric find, but a, a way for these folks to get some sort of revenue from people just looking for the lyrics. You know, at, at some point, I also look at it and go, you know, there are a lot of music careers out there that were promoted and based 
in almost exclusively on the bootleg industry, and that they made it famous True. because of that. True. And one of the biggest hypocrisies that I had seen in all of this was Metallica taking folks to task with Napster. Metallica made it big because of the bootleg industry, because somebody took recordings and folks stuff to shows where they were the opening acts when they were playing in bars, and it got popular, and it made it around, and everybody's able to listen to it, and the demand to the record company, sign these guys, we want to buy their stuff, and they were the ones that, at the forefront of saying, oh my gosh, bootlegging is terrible, shut down Napster. You wouldn't have your career if it wasn't for them. Bootlegging is like the paparazzi of music. So, um, it, it's, it is what keeps artists relevant, and they keep trying to shut it down, and it's saying, yeah, you're going to do that you cut off the nose to spite your face. Much like they try to do to traditional terrestrial radio. They want to just keep hammering us with fees, fees, fees. And yet we play these songs to give them exposure. And this has always been the, the long battle between mm-hmm. ASCAP, BMI, and radio. They say, well, we play the song. Therefore, people know about it. They go buy it. You have a direct benefit. It's a symbiotic relationship. And the artists say, well, that may be. But you wouldn't have a music station if it weren't for our music. And, and we say you wouldn't have a career if it weren't for our music station. So we're kind of in that constant wrestling ring, you know, going over those same and, arguments. Yeah. And then yeah. and then in the last 10 years, even with the Stairway to Heaven case that we just talked about, we have seen what I call the uh, the litigation method of marketing for this reason. Do you know that I had never heard of the song Taurus by Spirit before this copyright case was brought up? And I would venture to say that a lot of people haven't heard it. But do you know how many times I have Googled or searched on YouTube for that particular song since the copyright? I mean, I, I've done it at least 50 times in preparation for store, stories and listening to it and, and doing the show. I think the same thing is true Mar- Marvin Gaye's estate. How many copyright infringement lawsuits has the estate of Marvin Gaye filed? And every time they do, you know people are out there going, oh, that's where it came. I remember that. And the sales go up on iTunes. Litigation is the new marketing tool. And guess what? We're coming up on the end of another hour. Now, is this a... This is Stairway this is to Taurus. Heaven. This, this is Taurus. This is Taurus. See, See you got it confused I right got there. It confused. Exactly my point. Yeah, Stairway to Heaven has more percu- percussion, right? Yeah, yeah. Because... But virtually identical in the intro. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. We're through two hours. We are through two hours here on Radio Law Talk. One more hour left to go. If you, if your station cuts off, go ahead and head on over to RadioLawTalk.com. You can catch us on our third hour. We'll be back after this short break. And we want to make it clear we love our affiliates, but we hope all of them carry us for three hours, but not all do. So we've given you an alternative acquisition strategy, as they say in business school. We'll be back. Don't go away. Listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition, and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council.